This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Once again, we're up against the clock. So I'll take a seat at the back of the studio as we listen in to hear the hijinks provided by Charlie McCarthy as he teams up with his old pal Edgar Bergen with special guest Chanteuse Hildegard. Charlie McCarthy Show. Growl, ladies and gentlemen, greeting you on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble and his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, Ursula Twing, and our very special guest for the evening, Hildegard. And here's Charlie McCarthy. Stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. Oh, why, Charlie, old boy, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's nothing, Ray. It's just my pals have turned against me, that's all. That's all. That's yes, all. but what about uh, Fred Allen? I'm through with him. Well, how about Edgar? Well, he's through with me. <laughs> I'm Lord of Gopher's basement, I tell you. Oh, Charlie. Uh, I'm back up on the ground floor. <laughs> Hello, Edgar. I want to sing. Yes. Yeah. Well, go ahead, my little nightingale. <laughs> Anita Gordon, Charlie's 15-year-old singing discovery and 20th Century Fox starlet, sings, June is busting out all over. June is busting out all over, all over the meadow and the hill. Buds are busting out of bushes and the rockin' river pushes every little wheel that wheels beside a mill. June is busting out all over. The feeling is getting so intense that the young Virginia creepers have been hugging the bejeepers out of all the morning glories on the fence. Because it's June. June, June, June. Just because it's June, summertime, and living is easy. Fish are Yo. 
young Virginia creepers have been hugging the bejeepers out of all the morning glories on the fair. Because of June, 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 just because it's June, June, June. What are you thinking about, Mr. Thurkin? Hmm? Are you asleep? <laughs> no, Charlie, I I was just thinking about you. Oh, oh yes. Are you are you going to forgive me for running off with Fred Allen? I I don't know what to do, young man. You don't know? No. Hmm. I just haven't decided what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've certainly learned a lesson, Thurkin. Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I, I now hope that you feel a greater sense of loyalty to me. Oh, yes. Yes, I do, sir. Now I know which side my bread is margarine on. Yes. <laughs> yes, Charlie, we must we must stand by each other. Yes, we must. Yes, we must help each other. Damon helped Pythias. Yes, he did that, yes. Watson helped Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes, sometimes the very littlest fellow can help the big fellow. Oh, he can You've heard about the lion and the mouse, haven't you? No, sir. I, I haven't seen the papers lately. No, I know. <laughs> I've been so upset, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a fable. Oh, well, I don't believe half what I read anyway. No, 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 no. No, I mean, it happened a long time ago. Oh, I... Yes, it teaches, it teaches a great lesson. It does. Yes. Oh, won't you please, sir, tell it in your own inimitable way? Yes. <laughs> Let those pearls of wisdom drop from your... Ever moving lips. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Well, watch it. I shall I tell the long version or the short version? Oh, it really doesn't matter. I don't listen anyway. <laughs> well, but in this story, in this case, I do want you to listen and listen very carefully. Yes, sir. I shall be all ears with my fingers in them. <laughs> There's a parallel between the lion and the mouse and uh, and you and me. No. Yes, yes. Now, I can be compared to the big shaggy lion. Is this molting season for lions? No. <laughs> and you might be, shall we say, uh, you are the, the little mouse. You don't have to beat around the bush. Just come right out and say it. What's that? Go ahead. Call me a rat. Go ahead. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. All right. Now, once upon a time, there was a sleeping lion. Was this at a lion's club? No, no. no, no. <laughs> and uh, as this lion slept, there was a little mouse walking around all over him. A sleepwalker. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, the lion awoke and raised his paw. And left the room. No, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> no. And he caught the mouse under his paw. And then he opened his terrifying jaws to eat the mouse. But the little mouse said, stop. He talked right back to the lion. Oh, stout fella. Stout fella. Oh, I'm proud of you, you little cheese burner. You... All right. All right. <laughs> now, you see, this mouse... Mouse had, um... Intestinal fortitude. I know a shorter way to say that. No, no, no. <laughs> and the little mouse said, uh, the little mouse said, uh, please, please, baby. I have done no harm. I have to sit through these things anyway. 
house had a lovely squeaking voice, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Bergen, did anyone ever tell you that you have a very fascinating way of telling a story? Well, as a matter of fact, they, they have, yes. Uh-huh, they have. Yes, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they lied. Oh, I... <laughs> and so the lion answered this little mouse. He says, why shouldn't I eat you now? Yes. And the little mouse said, because there's no R in mouse. No, please. <laughs> I'm out of season. No, please. <laughs> So the mouse said, perhaps someday I can help you, Mr. Lion. And the lion was so amused that he laughed and he laughed and he let the mouse go. <laughs> he laughed himself right out of the mouse burger, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> and now, now comes the exciting part of the story. Well, just stop jumping up and down and tell it all right. <laughs> and then, then came the fateful day. A most terrible thing happened. <laughs> you and your listen. What's your phone number? John <laughs> And you see there were some lion hunters walking through the forest. Charlie Can you get rid of the urchin you with? <laughs> <clears throat> You're getting away from the story But not far enough All right. <laughs> So these hunters caught this lion In a great big rope trap They did? Yes And the little mouse happened by Yeah And do you know what that mouse did? He ate the lion No, no <laughs> Well, I can't be wrong <laughs> What did the little mouse do? Well, I'll tell you here the little mouse, he saw these ropes there, and he sprang at these ropes, and he started to gnaw and gnaw and gnaw. Gnaw. <laughs> yes, sir, the little insignificant mouse freed the mighty king of the beast. Well, I'll be nice. <laughs> now, what is the moral of this fable? Well, there's the moral there. Yes, there is. And I know you got it. Well, I'm working on it, yes. <laughs> the moral is... Yes. The moral is... It pays to have a friend... That's right. ...who gnaws the rope. No, no, no. 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 Surely you got more out of the story than that. Well, a little more. What's that? If you want a story spoiled, let Bergen tell it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank you.
Simon. Oh, hello there. Hello there. Hello there, mister. Well, mister what? Oh, you don't know. I can't see a darn thing. <laughs> well, you're wearing glasses, aren't you? Well, that's right. Yeah. How come? Well, I don't know. I've got a little trouble lately. I see. I'm getting a little hard of looking. Oh, I see. <laughs> Hard of looking. Yeah. What's the trouble? Well, I think uh, one of my eyes. Which eye? Uh, the west eye. The west eye. <laughs> it's a little pigeon toad. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see. Well, perhaps you have astigmatism. Oh, rhythm. I say perhaps you have astigmatism. Well, yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. 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 Might have. Might have. Well, hell, it's settled right in my eye, too. It's settled right in your eye. Yeah. Well, where did you get the glasses? Well, they're Grandpa Snurge. Oh, Grandpa Snurge. Yep. Yep, that's who they are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> played a lot of smart Alex in New York. <laughs> Yep, that's right. You got them from Grandpa Snurd. I loaned them from him. Yeah, I loaned them from him, I see. Are they nose glasses, aren't they? No, they're eyeglasses. I know, they're eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they good? Everything looks kind of fuzzy through them. Fuzzy. <laughs> well, then why do you wear them? Well, it gives my nose something to do. It gives your nose a... <laughs> Hello there, Mr. Noble. No, that's not Mr. Noble over there. No? No. That's a music rag. Oh. I thought he looked better than usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you better take those glasses off. You know, I'm afraid my eyes might catch cold. Oh, no, no. I don't think you need glasses at all. Well, maybe not, but you know, I kind of, I kind of look extinguished wearing these, these spectrum barnacles. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, no, it's spectrum uh, barnacles. No, 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 no. Corn speckled obstacles, no. <laughs> Corn swaggled skepticals, no. Well, that's as far as I take it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you something that's very good for the eyes. What's that? Uh, vitamin A. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vitamin A? Yes. Is that a small A or a big A? Well, it's just it's, uh, As a matter of fact, vitamins are, are just very good for growing children. Well, I don't want to grow children. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a fool. <laughs> How can you be so stupid? Oh, I don't know. But it sure is a wonderful feeling. I imagine so. Next one. 
what is it, Charlie? Well, uh, 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 there's something so interesting about your voice. It puzzles me. Oh, I I'm a chanteuse. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I knew you were from the continent. Now, when I was traveling in Chantusia... The... <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, vous êtes quelque chose pour me, double. That's Milwaukee friend. Yes. <laughs> oh, I bet you and Edgar get along terribly well together, don't you? Well, at least terribly. <laughs> what does he mean, Edgar? Well, I think Charlie can explain how loyal we are to each other, can't you? Yes, I'll leave you two alone. Charlie, tell Hildegard what's the matter. Bergen seems so cool towards you. His knee feels like a cake of ice lately. <laughs> well, don't feel too badly, Charlie. And let me sing to you. All right, you sing, and I'll accompany you on the pogo stick. <laughs> gentlemen, I would like to sing a beautiful French ballad, which became a favorite with the boys overseas, was then known as Jatin Grey, and now with an English lyric, it is called, I'll Be Yours. I'll be yours. My world may be lonely, but I'll await your return. I'll be yours, yours forever and only. And while you're gone, how I'll yearn. You're in every prayer, every thought, every dream, dear. You're everywhere, come what may, night and day, I'll be yours. You're in every prayer. Every thought, every dream, dear, you're everywhere, come what may, night and day, I'll be I'm glad. But I know how you can make Edgar feel better. Yeah. You know how? Yeah. Why don't you buy him a little present? Yeah, well, what would you suggest? A monogrammed hot water bottle or something? <laughs> oh, be serious, Charles. Get him something really nice. Yeah, but my piggy bank is something from uh, uh, malnutrition or something. <laughs> well, in that case, get him something inexpensive in a funny, in a fancy box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not funny, fancy. No. Oh, I know just the place where you can purchase it. It's on Fifth Avenue in a very swanky shop. But Bergen doesn't wear a swanky song. <laughs> well, how will we get there? 
Uh, we'll let uh, Ray Noble's music send us. Oh, here's the place, Charlie. Isn't it simply too, too elegant? Oh, it's sheer heaven. I should have worn the ermine shorts. <laughs> You are now within the cloistered walls of Grower, Wimple, and Dinkleberry. Uh, what position do you play, Bud? <laughs> I am Benjamin Grower. Right. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't. But I have an uncle in Kentucky that races ducks. <laughs> now, look here. That, that's neither here nor there. Oh, you're quite right. That's Kentucky. <laughs> oh, really? Now, well, the more expensive things are in the front of the store. They get cheaper as you go towards the back. Would you mind showing us something in the alley? <laughs> Look here, just, just how much money do you intend to spend? I was planning on using box tops <laughs> How about getting Edgar a leash for his dog? Yeah, but you see, he hasn't a dog Well, how about getting him a dog? Well, you see, he hasn't a leash <laughs> Now, here is a very rare old English powder horn But he could never learn to play it Hello there, Charlie. Ray, what are you doing in here? Oh, I just came in to buy someone a gift for a surprise. You know? Well, who are you going to surprise? <laughs> Me. I get to kick out of that sort of thing. <laughs> well, Ray, Ray, I saw some. I saw some lovely watches here. Oh, I've got a watch, dear. You know, it's a funny thing. Once I dropped it in the Hudson River, and a year later, it was still running. The watch? Uh, no, the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe you've made a very funny witticism. Or am I wrong? You people may be very amusing to someone, but have you any intentions of buying anything? Uh, what do you have in dueling pistols? Bullets, silly. Now, here's a pair right here. Now, if you observe, these were owned by the umbrella bearer of the Maharaja of Downpour. How much are these pistols? These pistols? Yes. Uh, $200. Great guns. They certainly are. <laughs> shall I, uh, shall I wrap them up? Wrap them up? Why well, couldn't even make a down payment on a deposit? Well, <laughs> in that case, in that case, you'll have to talk to our credit manager. Oh, credit! I'm coming, Daddy. Coming. Coming. These people want to open an account. Oh, an account? Yes. Oh, they do. Oh, that's peachy. Yes. <laughs> what have we run into here? Well, friends, my name is Ursula Twang. Um, Ursula yeah, Ursula Twang, that's fine. And I'm head of the credit department. And, uh, well, no, I'm not exactly head of it either because, well, yes, I am too, because the regular head is on vacation now. No, you mean you have two heads? No, no. Oh, yeah. No, I do not mean that. Uh, what I mean is that I am credit manager at this particular store, uh, and, uh, well, it isn't a, exactly a particular store either because anyone can trade here, and very few do. <laughs> well, what about our charge account? Oh, your charge account? Oh, yes. Well, uh, what can you offer as a collateral? <laughs> an honest face. Oh, yes, I know, but but you cannot put a face in a cash register. <laughs> you should know you look like you've tried it. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me, uh, what about our credit? 
Oh, yes, your credit. Uh, well, you're going to get the credit all right. Oh, we are. Oh, yes, you are. But you're not going to get it yet. No. No, you're not. Not until you change your attitude. Oh. <laughs> and please, sir, what is wrong with our attitude? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with your attitude. There are entirely too many little undercurrents of criticism running around here to which I do not subscribe. No. no. And if you want to see me, I'll be in my office. Hey, you're well, no, I won't be in my office either because I'm going home. Going yes, home. so goodbye. Looks like we don't get to this house, do we? Oh, wait a minute, Charlie. Perhaps I'd be interested. May I see one of them? Oh, be careful, uh, Ray. You may you may shoot someone. Oh, don't be silly, my dear. I'm holding my finger over the muzzle. <laughs> I take care of that. <laughs> Tell me, Ray, I'll bet you're fond of hunting, aren't you? Uh, oh, hunting? Oh, rather, yes. I simply must tell you about the time that I was shooting at uh, Lord Loverduck's county seat. And did you hit it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, oh, yes, uh, I don't miss on that, you know. I was aiming the weapon just like this. Why, you shot that porcelain rabbit right in half. Oh, splitting hairs. (laughs) I made a joke, no? (laughs) made a joke? Yes, yes. <laughs> Give me that gun. It's my turn. Just stick anything out. I'll knock it off here. Oh, be sure and hit something cheap. Something cheap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shot those two china pheasants. Good hunting, old boy. Good hunting. <laughs> What's the limit around here? Hold on, hold everything, you little twerp. You can't use this place for a shooting gallery. <laughs> oh, Oh, my goodness, you've shot Mr. Tinkleberry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Fred Allen.
of May In the middle of May In the middle of May Charles, almost time to listen to Fred Allen. Yeah, Fred Allen. Tree, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> Why should I listen to him on the air? He won't even talk to me well, in person. Well, after all, Charlie. Sorry. <laughs> you know, no, be fair, Charlie. Uh, uh, and you're entitled to 10% according to law. Yeah, well, uh, that, that, that's okay. Uh, is that so? Yes, according to law, boy. Well, what what, what law says so? What the law? very oldest legal authority. Hey, quote me, man. Quote me. Quote Blackstone, me. curbstone, gallstone, and pebble. Oh. <laughs> they ought to know. They ought to know. But but Alan won't even see me. He shut no, the door no, in my face. No, but he'll see me, Charlie. Yes, I'll go over will. there right now and tell him you're thinking of bringing suit. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you give it to him. And you tell him if he doesn't pay me... I'll slap him across the face with a subpoena. That's what I'm <laughs> All right, Charlie. Yeah. And if he gets belligerent, old yeah. boy, I'll jolly well mow him, so help me. I'll clip him down or whatever it is you've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, and all of us invite Fred Allen to be back with us as our guest. We'll be coming to you from New York, Radio City. Stay tuned for Escape, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Escape and the episode Seven Hours to Freedom, which aired in 1951. You, finding life rather dull, dreaming again of exotic places, wishing you were somewhere else, we offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape with us now to a small fishing boat off the California coast and a night of terror and death at the hands of a brilliant madman as Bud A. Nelson tells it in his exciting story, Seven Hours to Freedom.
The Pacific Ocean off the coast of Southern California is usually thought of as calm and peaceful, where there's very little danger. But don't take the Pacific for granted, or you'll be writing your name in foam and throwing it into the wind. There can be trouble out there, all kinds of trouble. The winter months are the lean ones along the coast. Lou and I scrape the bottom of the barrel to make fuel and stores for my boat, the Merry Widow. Rigging for mackerel is fishing the hard way. You've seen the mackerel fleet sneak up on the coast. Those ghostly cities of lights offshore. Guys like Lou and myself trying to make a payload with lights and stinking chum. Mashed, marinated muck you toss overboard with your bare hands to attract the fish. We were anchored alone west of Point Doom Whistle Boy, about a mile out. It was dark, except for the spot we flashed on the water, and the flashing of headlights on Highway 101, where it dips down to the shore to get a run for Zuma Grade. There were mackerel around, and they were ready. Come on, baby! Oh, you come! And a boy, Lou! Keep him coming! Right. I'll move the chum out into the light. Hiya, hiya! Come on, kids! Free chow! Good, juicy, chilly face! Come and get it! Oh, boy! They're hot! Hey, Lou! They're swarming into the spot! They work the edges, Lou! Yeah. They're about ready for the net! Oh, look at them! Three or four pounders! Show me a spot, boy! Lay it right in front of me! They're ready for the net! Ah, uh, current's offshore. Drag toward me. Right. He's into him. Oh, boy. They're hot and heavy. And that's alive. Now, fellow up. Train him. Green dynamite. Come on, kiddies. Come to top. Oh. Uh, beauties. Good boy, Lou. Keep him coming. Swamp us. <laughs> That's the way it works, if you hit it. You forget the smell, the scum, the numbness in your hands, the icy water in your boots. You forget you're heaving 30 to 50 pounds on the end of an eight-foot pole. And you see dollars pile up in the bin boards on your deck. You forget everything around you until... They're gone. You notice that there is a world around you. (sighs) Here they go. School's out. Yeah. Two tons at least. Yeah. Ah. Looks like another wreck on Zuma Grade. Yeah. Look at the headlights. People just can't pass up an accident. Must be a pretty bad one. I'll take a boat any day. Here, let's get out of here. We can make it back in time for chow. Yeah. Six fried eggs, seasoned with Tabasco sauce, bowl of chili, and a pot of black coffee. Sounds good to me. Boy, that stuff sure gets cold. Yeah? Hey, get the anchor. Let's get out of here. Fire up. I'm for it. Okay. Run up on it. Get in. What's the matter? Anchor's bowling. Want to back down on it? Feels like rock. Uh, take a turn on the cleat. Let the swell break it loose. Hey, she's really caught fast. Uh, wait a minute, Lou. Give me some slack. I'll back off. 
Yeah, come here. What's up? Look. Company. Yeah. What the devil are those guys doing out here in a little rowboat at this hour? They're either drunk or crazy. They're sport fishermen. I don't see any tackle. Ahoy there! Wait! Please wait! Oh, they're in trouble. Look. Guy in the stern. Hunched over. Hey, get the boat hook, Lou. I'll rig a fender. That tide's doing more good than the oars are. These boys aren't seamen. Nah. Nah. Watch the roll when he pulls you alongside. Hey, you in the bow, catch the rack. Hold yourself off. Hold it up, Jake. We have an injured man here. Lend a hand. Yeah, sure. Tell get aboard. Ellis, help Stacy. Help him. Ed, wait. Give me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Now, my injured friend. Uh, you and a skip. Yeah. Hand him to me. Yeah. Uh, right here. Uh, lift him as high as you can. Now, now, slip your hand out. Okay. Yeah, I got him. Now, Lou, open the hatch to the cabin. Right. Now, move that gear off the bunk. Unfortunate thing. Very unfortunate. Now, hand me the first aid kit. On the bulkhead behind you. Completely unnecessary. Efficient shooting, wouldn't you say? Perilously near the heart. Yeah. Fatally near. Here, put the kit back. It's too late. How'd this happen? Loaded gun. <laughs> yes. Loaded gun in expert hands. This may be pretty funny to you, mister, but I don't think it'll go over very big with the police. The police? No, I suppose not. Poor Stacy, his fourth and final loss. Look, mister, what's the story? Oh, that's right. <laughs> you came in at the end. Uh, but first... What... What's a gun for? Your protection and mine. Forgive me, young man, for pointing this at you. I use it only to establish command. Outside. Go on. Sir, I'm getting pretty sick of your fancy yapping and no action. Yeah, master mind. You got us into this? Now come up with a way out. My friends despise me, Captain. Look at them. Young Ellis. Shut up, Burke. I warned you. He's a coward, a thief, and a murderer who fancies himself equal to any known knife artist. You know I'll kill you, don't you, Burke? If it's the last thing I do, I'll cut that fat off of you. It will be the last thing you do, Ellis. And Dowd there. He killed two men, wasn't it, Dowd? Two defenseless men. Feed on, you greasy slob. You're digging your grave with your tongue. And Stacy, poor dead Stacy. Keep talking, Burke. Keep flapping your big mouth while the law sets up another trap. Why don't we get rid of these two punks and get moving? Yeah, give me that gun, Burke. You ain't got the guts to do nothing. You're all talk. Give me that gun. Stay right where you are, Ellis. You two, Dowd. I supplied the intelligence that saw us this far... And I really don't need you anymore. Sit down. 
Both of you sit down right by that tank. Yeah, yellow Burke. Clean dirty yellow. Make me sit down. Go on, Burke. Make me sit down. I don't want to have to fire this gun. Sound carries over water. Talk big, Burke, while you've got that gun. The only gun down. That highway is swarming with police cars now. They're saying dead or alive. The choice is up to you. Make one move toward me or these fishermen, and I make the choice. You make that choice. You chose to lead us into a trap because you didn't have the guts to shoot a measly highway cop. You got Stacy shot. You wrecked the car. Then you nearly drowned us in that leaky rowboat. You can thank me in that leaky rowboat that you're alive right now. I feel very kindly toward that rowboat. Pull it aboard. Go on, pull it aboard. You two may need it. One false move and you'll find yourselves adrift. Captain, get the anchor up. Take in what slack we can get, Lou. Blind parts and parts. You will set your course by this pistol, Captain. Our destination is Mexico. Good work, I A word of warning, Captain. I seem to stand low. These fools I took through prison walls have turned against me. But I still have a pistol. How far is the international border? Seven, eight hours. I prefer seven. Seven hours to freedom. My freedom. And seven hours for us to consider your fate. You can start out to count the laughs in the Red Skelton show, but you'll wind up laughing so hard yourself, you lose the count. No question about it, Red Skelton is a very funny man with a very funny show. And this fall, you hear Red Skelton every Sunday evening on CBS. Rated to top comedian, Skelton has a special form of humor, a unique brand of madcap hilarity that leaves him gasping. You'll have a grand time. It's entertainment at its best. Be sure to listen to the Red Skelton show every Sunday evening over most of these same CBS stations. And now, we return you to Escape. Dawn broke with a Los Angeles harbor light well on our stern. Mary Widow's bow pointed at Mexican waters and the pistol in Burke's fat hand setting the course. The morning was foggy. Other things were clear. Someone along Zuma Beach would find their rowboat missing. We had a dead man in the cabin, and the lives of Lou and I hung on the whim of a fat maniac. Our only hope was a radio. I switched the frequency to Coast Guard, tripped the mic to transmit, and hoped that someone would be listening. It's more pleasant up here on the bridge, Captain. The cabin is somewhat stuffy. What's your master plan for the body? Loathsome loath, loath things, dead man. 
Much as I'd like to dispose of it, we can't risk cluttering our trail. Let us hope there will be no more. There needn't be, you know, if you cooperate. Yeah. And the Merry Widow's at your disposal, Mr. Burt. As long as you hold that gun on the crew, there's no choice but to take you to Mexico. We don't have too far to go. We're just about due west of Long Beach, making 18 knots. You are unduly nervous, Captain. Is it the pistol? <laughs> Look at our friends huddled together down there in the stern. <laughs> uh, planning my assassination, and no doubt yours. You understand the situation, don't you? No. Then I'll tell you. This gun and I are your buffers. Your guardians against the plotters back there. In exchange for this protection, you give me transportation. In a few hours, I will be a free man and I shall go my way alone. Maybe. Radio. The radio. I underestimated you, Captain. Very clever. Well, I tried. I assume I've been broadcasting for some time. You have. Direct the United States Coast Guard. I bow to you. How stupid of me. And you. Up to this point, you've shown some intelligence. These heroics give me no choice. All right, go ahead and shoot. You'll pile into rocks before you hit San Diego. You'll never see Mexico. Lose no pilot, none of you are. You're right. You are still useful. Resume your course. Look, Burke, you're supposed to be the brains of the outfit. If you're even half smart, you'll get in that skiff and head for shore. You better not be on this boat when the Coast Guard catches up with us. If you are a religious man, Captain, I would suggest that you pray they don't catch up with us. Look, mister, my advice to you is to launch that skiff and hit for the beach. You're a fool, Captain. Until your little stratagem shows tangible results, I wait. And you live. Resume your course. Newport Harbor bore off our bow, swung a beam, and slid past the stern. With it went my hopes of help from the Coast Guard out of Newport. No more stations now until San Diego. At the foot of San Clemente's red tile roofs, I saw a Santa Fe streamliner rushing north towards Los Angeles. I wished I was on it and headed in the same direction. How far are we from the border, Captain? Uh, five, six hours. Good. If the Coast Guard heard your radio, they don't seem to be rushing to your rescue. Ha! Take another look, Burke. Dead ahead and bearing down. Hold your course. Don't try to attract them or you die right where you stand. You, low. Yeah. Stay where you are. Hold your course, Captain. Mister, that's a Coast Guard picket boat. They got guns. Ellis, down. Stand up and wave. Make it look friendly. Don't overdo it. You, Captain, wave too. Wave, wave. <laughs> Look at the fools. The friendly fools waving back. We're just friendly fishermen. They didn't even cut their speed. Two herringbone wakes met, merged playfully, overlapped, and faded. With them went my hopes of help from outside. Our only chance now is to get Burke's gun. The fish knives. But they were back on the cleaning chute, neatly racked. I turned to look. Gone. Three knives gone. My hand rested on the clutch lever, 
cast bronze, complete with grip and detachable. I had to get that gun. I tripped the key that locked the lever and... Come here! I want to talk to you. Got a deal. I've been expecting this. They're ready to cooperate. You, Lou, down the ladder. Just in case our good captain entertains any rash notions, you will be our hostage. Go ahead. Happy to oblige. Step right back to the little group, Lou. I watched helplessly while Lou led the way aft where two criminals sat, backs to the bait tank. They rose as Burke lurched toward them against every roll and pitch of the boat. Ellis suddenly stepped between Lou and Burke. The pistol roared harmlessly. Burke slumped balloon-like as Dowd tore the pistol from his hand. Ellis, knife in hand, kept slashing. Stop, Ellis! Lay off! Lay off, I said! Give me that knife! Give me a knife! And I cut him the fat slob. He didn't believe me, eh? Look at him. Blood. Blood and blood. Come on, Lou. Up that ladder there to your buddy. Come on. Yes, sir. Sit down there and stay put. You, Buster, keep this thing moving. Which way? Like Burke said, Mexico. As long as we come this far, we go all the way. Driving closer to shore. How close? I'll tell you how close. Hey, now, wait a minute. I'll pick out a spot to beach the skiff. Then we'll move back outside the three-mile limit until dark so that Mexican patrols can't find us. Ain't that nice. In the dark, I move in as close to shore as I can, and you go ashore in the skiff, and I head back up the coast. Just like that, huh? Well, Buster, you better pick a good spot to make a landing, because you're going in with us. Going in with you? What about this boat? Leave it. The Mexican authorities... You're gonna drive this boat right up on the beach. That's what. Right up on the beach. Wreck it? Look, Dowd, we draw close to ten feet of water. We'll ground a city block offshore. So what? I can swim. Got nothing to worry about. You ain't gonna need this tub no more. Look, look, Dowd. If we beach this boat, we mark the spot where you go ashore. But put in by skip and you won't attract any attention. My radio shot. It's a... It's two hours run back to San Diego... I can't holler anything that'll hurt you. It ain't two hours to Mexican cops. I can't go to Mexican cops. I haven't got a clearance. I'm not going to put into a Mexican port and have my boat impounded, am I? I told you how it's going to be. As soon as the Mexican authorities find this boat with bodies on board, they'll know you boys are over the border and how you got there. Hmm? Well, maybe you got something. Now, I'll talk it over with Ellis. Don't try no... Lou. Yeah? I'm going to fake engine trouble. The master switch. One of us has to get down to the engines. The short hose on the manifold cooling system. Port engine side, salt water intake. Yeah? It's our only chance. Disconnect it. Foul the bilge pump screen. Flood the bilges? Yeah. We risk fire, but it's our only chance to frighten them guys into the skip. Cut it. He's coming back. That's the way it's going to be. How? Like I said first. Pile it on a beach. Now, let's go. Oh, okay. Hey, what's the matter? Are you okay up there, Dowd? Oh, no. She just quit. Now, we've been beating these engines. She's hot. Get it going. 
I'll have to get at the engines down below. No, you don't. Step on the starter. Come on, try it. It's hot, I tell you. 180 degrees. Now look for yourself. It's 40 degrees too hot. Well, what does that mean? It means I got to... No, go. you don't. Who? You know what to do? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, check the oil filter first and the screen ahead of the pump. Uh, wait a minute, you. Okay. Try it again first. Go on. No use. The trouble's down the engine room. Go on, Lou. Hey, Alice. Yep. Get out in the hole with this guy. Keep an eye on him. Okay, sure. salt water that should be flowing through the water jackets of two big exhaust pipes pouring into the bilges, and two red-hot manifolds absorbing all the heat of the two big engines. I took a sight on the hull. Chine line, two feet above water. Bilge pumps sucking nothing but air. Ten minutes, riding six inches lower. Half hour, one foot down. Three quarters of an hour, 18 inches lower, Water would be climbing up to drown out the batteries. Exhaust pipes, white hot. I yanked the release on the CO2 system. White clouds sizzled up from below. Fire! Fire, we're sinking! Build yourself water! Fill it fast and pull it down! What are we doing? Get the skiff over the side before she explodes! Fire extinguisher, Lou! Cover me, I'm going below! Get the skiff over! Don't stand there, now! Push it over the rail! Get it, Ellis! Get out of here! Wait! Jeff's down below! Wait! You can't leave us here to sink! Come on! Suck it! You all right down there, Jeff? Rats left us. I'll be right up. Phew. We nearly overdid it. Wood was smoldering. It's on me. Battery's wet? Inch to go. Boy, that manifold was hot. Nearly didn't make it. That our friends beat water. Yeah, this proves the story about rats and sinking ships. Yeah, come on, Lou. Up on the bridge. <laughs> Watch their faces now. like a little Queen Mary. Turning up 2,800. Yeah, still a little hot. I'm on 3,000. Ah, look behind us. We're throwing a weight like a destroyer. Come on, baby. A big, big bird. 3,000. Turn. Come on, around. That's a nice, tight circle. Rough. 
What are you going to do? Crash him? Ah, and I'll lasso him with our wake. Hell, we let Chop hit their skip from four sides. You think they're in a southeaster? Look at Dowd. Trying to get a feed on us. He's hey, there they go, capsize. That's just what I want. Yeah, but they're hanging on to the keel of the boat. All right, let them take wood for about half an hour. Brother, that water's cold. <laughs> you should know. Hey, let's see if Dowd's still got a gun. I can't tell. Looks like he... He has. But he won't have for very long. His hands will get so numb, you think they're sawed off. Uh, set the bills, Pump Lou. We light the ship while we wait. Oh, and on your way back, you break out that bottle of Johnny Walker. Huh? Might as well enjoy ourselves now that we got them guys where we want them. I wonder about prices, Lou. Mackerel? Forty-two bucks. No, no, I didn't mean that. I meant bounty. Reward. The state of California owes us quite a little dough. Mileage. Two ton of spoiled mackerel. One radio transmitter. And four escaped convicts. Two of them on ice. Well, get the boat hook, Lou. Two live ones are ready for the gas. Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Today we have brought you Seven Hours to Freedom by Bud A. Nelson, with Jack Moyle starred as Jeff. Featured in the cast were Stan Waxman, Jack Crucian, Barney Phillips, and Lou Krugman. The special music for Escape was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.